Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. I don't know what's going on with my sound all of a sudden, but we're going to keep working here. All right, so welcome to the show, man. I hope everybody's having a great day. And uh, huh, I don't know. We got a great show planned for you, though. Uh, we talking a whole lot of stuff today, and yes, it's political, and yes, it contains to the Trump administration and some other things. So that's what we're going to be talking about, and I hope you are ready, ready for a great show. But before we get started, let's go ahead and some going. All right, so we'll be back in a few. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
gotta have some faith in the sound It's the one good thing that I've got Got my ticket for the long way round To buy the whiskey for the way Don't belong to you, and you don't belong to me. 
All right, welcome back to the show, y'all. How y'all doing out there today? All right, this is Monday, June 22nd, and you're listening to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. How y'all doing out there? East Coast, Bike, what's going on? Let me know if y'all can hear me out there. All right, so, hey, we got a good show planned for you today, and I hope everybody, everybody, woo, ready for this one, man. It's going to be a little informative. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of information. And, uh, you know, like we always do, we're going to have us some fun and uh, we're going to talk about some things here. Because a lot has happened since the last time, last time, last time we talked. It's been about two weeks. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, man. And I cannot wait. Hopefully my um, my sound is, is, is okay. <laughs> I'm having some issues on my end. Can't hear myself in my headset, but hopefully we we doing all right. All right, so check this out, man. Are y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Okay, so let me tell you how to be a part of the show first before I get started. Uh, okay, thanks, East Coast. All right, so here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Um, if you want to talk to me, man, three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. I don't know if I'll be able to get to everybody today because I've got a lot of information that I do want to put out. So we can clear clear up some things that's being said and hopefully uh, get you on the right mindset. Uh, you can also join us in the chat room. Like I said, we got East Coast invite in there. And uh, that's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay? And by chance, you want to hit me up later. My email is... Um, Eric Letts, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. Okay? So those are all the ways you can talk to me today, and I would be more than happy to get back with you and have a conversation with you as well because that's what we do here on Let's Talk. <laughs> yeah, that's why I call it what I call it. Okay? So anyway, anyway, you know, it, it's been a very, very interesting, busy past week. And I do apologize for not being here last Monday, but hey, things happen that's out of your control sometimes, and you just have to handle handle business, right? Of course, everybody understand that. Hopefully, but yeah. But in the meantime, we had a lot go on, man. We had an executive order put out. We had a little bit more protesting going on. We had a couple of instances of chokeholds being used and. Oh man, we got some books coming out, you know that that's not flattering to the president. Uh, I mean, it's a whole lot of stuff going on, man. I mean, you got the you got the House and the Senate; they doing their own little police reform bills, and you know, it's it's just a lot happening right now. Not to mention, all of a sudden, the Justice Department. Uh, decided to fire the federal prosecutor in uh, the Southern District of New York, which is hmm, another one of those hmm type of moments there. You know, you really don't know why he was fired. There's some speculation on why he he's being fired. Of course, initially he said he wasn't going anywhere, and then of course the president stepped in, and you know, the deal was made, and now the guys are stepping down. So. That's that's just what happened over the last week, last few days, in in a nutshell. And let's not forget, you know, Friday was last Friday was Juneteenth. The Trump campaign held a rally 
the political rally uh, June the 20th, Saturday the day after, like that was really better after the initial date was the 19th. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot, a whole lot, man, a whole lot. But that's where we are right now, okay? That's where we are. And, of course, John Bolton has his book coming out Tomorrow, actually, I think it's supposed to go out tomorrow. And yes, I did order a copy because I'm supposed to read what's in it. I really do. And Trump's niece, she is supposed to have a book coming out, but that's still up to debate because apparently she signed an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement with Trump. You know, and you know, during a family squabble over inheritance, and he says she's not supposed to be writing a book, and so forth and so on. Y'all know how it works. Y'all know how it works. Anything he doesn't like, he's going to sue. If he can sue you, he's going to sue. That's been his his motto, his his actions for his whole career, his business career. So I don't know why we would expect anything different from this president. You know, <laughs> oh, some would say you would use the, the um, word president very, very uh, loosely. <laughs> to say the least. But anyway, let's get on with the get on. Okay, let's get on with the get on. Um, you know, I had this whole big spiel I was gonna talk about at the beginning, but I'll wait till the end of the show to talk about it because it's it is what it is. Um, I hate saying I really dislike saying I don't like to use the word hate a lot. Um, I really dislike saying it is what it is, but in this instance, I can't say can't think of anything else to say. <laughs> okay, so check it out, man. Check it out. Check it out. Over the weekend, there was a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and of course, you know, the, the Trump Organization campaign—they blew it up. It's going to be this great, great crowd. However, there was only said to be 6,200 in a 19,000-seat arena, and there's rumors that some teenagers in t- on TikTok and some other social media site. You know, reserved a lot of tickets and, you know, didn't and just didn't go. All right. Now, the interesting part about this whole thing was the dates. I, I, I feel that the dates were very interesting because it was on the night, scheduled on the 19th. Okay. And we know on the 19th is uh, Juneteenth when Texas slaves found out they were free. Okay. And I think that's that's where a lot of people um, get it mixed up. Not all the slaves uh, were basically uh, uh, weren't free. It's just the ones in Texas only found out on June, July. I mean, yeah, June 19th. They really did. Um, now, the interesting part was where the where the, uh, the rally was held, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, in 1921, man, you know, there's a bad thing happened over there, you know, just because one little black boy was um, was accused of uh, doing something to a white elevator operator. Yeah. In that city. And, of course, we know what happened then, don't we? Yeah, they burned it down. They burned down the Greenwood neighborhood and... Uh, yeah, and at that time, Greenwood was one of the most prosperous African-American communities in the country, better known as Black Wall Street. 
And so with with the Trump campaign holding the the the, the rally there, it really sparked a lot of controversy. It really did, especially since they wanted to do it on the 19th. Um, but they moved it one day back to the 20th. Now, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that they only moved it back one day because anyone knows when African-Americans celebrate their type of holidays, they do the whole weekend. So just moving it back one day didn't solve the problem. It, it really didn't. So it really wasn't a surprise that there really wasn't a lot of people there, especially with uh, COVID-19 being out there. And supposedly the rally, people going to a rally had to sign a, a consent form saying they wouldn't, you know, sue or whatever if any of them got sick. And, I mean, this this is just crazy. Oh, I don't even want to say crazy. You know, it's just abnormal, man. <laughs> it really is for this to be happening. It, it really is. However, you know, I, I think the the, the, the Trump administration. I, I don't. I think it was twofold. Okay, I really do. Here it is. I feel, and this is just my opinion, that by trying to hold it right there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because nobody else basically will allow them allow them to do it at that time. Um, they felt if they can do it they could kind of sway a couple of African-American votes their way. Now, that's just my opinion, okay? Now, because if, if you listen to all of, any of the, the, the press conference or news press briefings the White House gave last week, they always started out with something about the African-American community, what the administration has done and what they are doing and what they have done and so forth and so on. Now, you know, it's interesting. It, it really is because, yeah, this administration has done some things for the African-American community, the HBCUs in particular. Um, but at the same time, you have to look at it and say, is it was it just a political move? Was it? Especially with money to the HBCUs in a <clears throat> election year. Had to clear my throat. Election year, yeah, election year. So, and to continuously bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. It's like throwing it back in in, in the face of HBCUs. Yeah, we gave y'all money, so you better vote for us, basically. Now, the underlying part of this whole thing was they had to speak to their base as well. Um, now, we do know that that their base is very. <clears throat> I'm gonna say, I don't want to say racist, but they have a different point of view than most people, <laughs> okay? <laughs> they really do. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's like a twofold type of, type of thing that this rally was supposed to accomplish. However, it was a complete and total disaster, failure, whatever you want to call it, because it was. Now, they, they were interviewing, viewing... Um, some people, I guess it's this uh, network that um, goes out to all the rallies that's pro-Trump, and they had this black woman on there, and of course she's going talking about, if y'all realize the Democratic Party started the KKK and so forth and so on, and once again, it's, I'm, I'm listening to this, I'm like, 
but tell the whole story. Tell about how the Dixiecrats eventually turned over and, you know, and, and became the Republican Party. And vice versa, how the parties turned over. I mean, let's go all the way back to where they had the three parties, the three separate parties. You know, and, and I think that's where the disconnect comes because the people, most citizens, they just listen to what they're being told. They have no idea about their the history of this country, uh, politically or racially. To be honest with you, they don't. Um, and until that changes, we, we're going to continue to go through this. We are. We we really are. Um, yeah, but COVID is a, a, a very sore spot right now. It really is. Speaking of COVID. Then the president has the nerves to stand up there and say, <laughs> you know, they should slow the testing down. Uh, they should slow the COVID testing down. That way it won't seem like we have so many cases. Now, talk shows over the weekend, you know how to have everybody go on and give their points of view. Joker was like, uh, well, you know, um, he said that in tongue in cheek. Now, I watched that specific part of the video over and over again. And there was no tongue in cheek. There wasn't. There wasn't. You know, and of course, from the actions that this administration has been putting out, we already know. We already know that this is not something that is far fetched. It's not. It's not far fetched for him to do something like that to make his numbers look good, to boost his ego, which is another thing this rally was supposed to do. Actually, it crushed his ego even more than what has been happening. <clears throat> you know, the top, the, the that was like the cherry on top of the cake right there, or the ice cream, however you want to say it. Because earlier in the week, he lost two Supreme Court cases. So it really wasn't a good week for this, this administration. And, yeah, it's, it's about to get deep here. It, it really is. Bike <laughs> um, says there's no racism in America. Period. All politics, including the racism, boils down to people who want the government to take care of them versus people who want to take care of themselves. It's just that basic. Yeah, no. Bike, <laughs> I can't agree with you on that one. That that is not the case. That is not the case. If that was so. When they brought the first Africans over, uh, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have stuck. They wouldn't have had used them as slaves, indentured or otherwise. Okay, so yeah, no. And speaking of taking care of people, the corporations are the ones getting taken care of, especially in this administration. But we, we I'm not gonna get sidetracked right now. Okay. <laughs> Woo! That's right, bees. Welcome to the show, bees. I see you. So. Let's talk about this executive order that was signed last week, which, by the way, the, this administration, noticeably the president, has already basically gone back on. And uh, I, I'm going to give you an example right here. Earlier today, <clears throat> President Trump urged Republicans to oppose a Democratic bill aimed at changing law enforcement tactics that set for a vote this week. Of course, in his Twitter he said that the measure would destroy our police. The legislation includes a ban on racial and religious profiling, chokeholds, and no-knock warrants, 
a mandate on the use of dashboard and body cameras and requirements for more reporting of use of force and disciplinary data. Uh, the Democratic-led House is scheduled to vote on the bill Thursday, while the GOP-led Senate will move its own measures. Okay? Now, um, of course, Karen Bass, you know, she's a sponsor from California. Uh, Democratic representative um, said the Republicans version would take the teeth out of the legislation. Now, why is that important? I'm going to tell you why that's important. I'm about to give it to you right here. Okay. In this executive order that the president had this big, 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 big gathering at the White House with the police standing behind him, signed this executive order. And in section two, of the executive order under certification and traditionally lean uh, I don't know why I can't talk today. C-R-E-D-E-N-T-I-A-L-I-N-G for you perfect um, speaking individuals. Section C-A-B-C-C Section 1 says the state or local enforcement agency use of police of force policies adhere to all applicable federal, state, and local laws, and two, the state or local enforcement agency use of force policy prohibit, listen, prohibit the use of chokeholds, a physical maneuver that restricts an individual's ability to breathe for the purpose of incapacitation. Now, here is the tricky part of this whole thing, and I don't know how many people caught it, but in that same line, it says, except in those situations where the use of deadly force is allowed by law. Now, that's code for, okay, I'm going to stand here and say, no, we putting this in, the, in effect as part of my executive order. We're going to ban chokeholds, what have you. But by chance, you happen to use it, and you can say using, um, you fear for your life, or you had no other way of using it, then, yeah, we can go ahead and uh, you can go ahead and use it and it'll be all right. Okay? <laughs> now, that is contradictory to what he put out today. And that last part of that statement is contradicting the first part of the statement. So w- when you hear certain executive orders put out, it's interesting to, to, to read them as they are written, because there's, depending on the, which way that the, 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 the administration is swaying, uh, they always have the little outs in there for the, the, the um, they have the outs for uh, the law enforcement or their side of the story. Now, let's make no mistake. Uh, this president has said he is the law and order president. He said it while he was campaigning. He said it while he got when he first got in office. And he just said it again during the demonstration and protest that has been going on. He has said it. So for him to get here, for him to get here now and sign his executive order, it wasn't that he wanted to. Okay. It's that he was told. That he had to. Now let's let's get this right. He was told he was he had to, because his numbers are, are taking a nose dive so bad. Something had to be done. The press kept pressing. When the president was gonna come out with something? When the president gonna say something? 
And his little spokesperson on in the afternoons, you know, she kept throwing it off and throwing it off and yeah. So that's why this executive order came out. The interesting part about this executive order is the same things that in this executive order was the same things that the Obama administration uh, proposed during their time. Okay? That's, that, I mean, this is going to put it out there. However, once this administration took order, like a lot of other um, legislation and, and programs and things that were put in place during the Obama administration, the Trump administration got rid of or cut funding or moved people around. Okay, August 2017, uh, they reversed an Obama policy that banned the military from selling surplus equipment to police, which was put in place behind criticism over the armored vehicles, tear gas, and assault rifles used to control protests. Can you say we have seen all that? Yeah. Can Can you say we've seen all that? Even, I mean, during these protests, you've seen it. September 2017, the Justice Department stopped the Obama-era practice of investigating police departments and issuing public reports about their failings. You know, uh, like the Ferguson Police Department used unconstitutional, unlawful, and racial behavior and policing within their department. It's not that things weren't in place or, or they hadn't been uh, st- hadn't started is that they were rolled back by this administration because they didn't really think it was necessary. And why? Because they are what? Law and order administration. Uh, you know what I mean? So, now, we, when, when we start talking about defunding, 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 a lot of people, they look at the word defund. Um, <laughs> Bike says, I am asking military law to hell with the Constitution. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, anyway, we start talking about defunding. And I think that that word has really thrown a lot of people off track. And my interpretation is when they say in defunding, it means that they're talking about take some of that money away from the police departments that they're using tactical training, you know, aggressive training, and put it towards something uh, that helps teach teaches officers uh, how to de-escalate situations. That's, yeah, how to de-escalate. Because if you watch a lot of the, the, the instances of, of officers uh, involved with, with these, these killings and mistreatment of citizens, you'll find that they're not trying to de-escalate at all. They're not, you know, escalating even the situation even more. They're not trying to really talk to the. Now, I'm not saying all of them because there are some instances, and this is part of the problem as well. You know, depending on who they're dealing with, they they give them more chances than I would. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> I watched one instance where a guy chased the officer around. The officer turned and started running away from him. Okay, but in the other instance, um, the guy in Minnesota that was shot sitting in the car, 
you know, he wasn't doing anything. He had he did everything right. So there's there's something wrong with what these officers are being trained. There really is. How these officers are being trained. Um yeah. December twenty December two of twenty fifteen. President Obama formed a task force on 21st century policing while urging reforms in training, record-keeping, technology, and the way police interact with communities. Now, once again, that was 2015. Once again. But that was rolled out as well. That was taking, you know, moved on, moved on. You know, in that 21st, um, in that... um, Policing the task force that law enforcement agency should have comprehensive policies on the use of force that include training, investigation, prosecution, data collection, and information sharing. Those policies should also mandate external and independent criminal investigations in cases of police use of force resulting in death, officer involved shootings resulting in injury or death, or in custody death. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. <laughs> but all that was taken away. Okay. Beasley says, I do agree with gun-carrying citizens to submit to a random periodic drug examination to include the police. Well, Beasley, I agree. And I also agree that members of Congress should be drug tested as well. Because we know there's a bunch of dope heads up there. But anyway, 2015, once again, Obama signed an executive order banning the transfer of specific military equipment, track armored vehicles, bed nets, grenade launchers, ammunition of 50 caliber of higher, and some types of camouflage to the police. Now, we're going to talk about that right there. Because it's very interesting, <laughs> that whole part right there. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever seen what a 50 cal does to a body or to anything. It's not a pretty sight. Okay? It's not a pretty sight. Now, I've had the, op- the opportunity uh, to, to fire a 50 cal. I'm not going to say the pleasure because that made me kind of, yeah. But I fired a 50 cal. Yeah. And it's not, for <laughs> put it this way, it's not a good thing to be firing at people. Okay? Esotericism, I see. You know, it's not. So, you know, officers don't need that. They they really don't. Now, so I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about uh, police, the law enforcement, police departments having military equipment. And, you know, how did they get this? How did they get this? Because as we mentioned before, as I just read to you, you know, the Obama administration stopped all that. Like, no, 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 no. Y'all don't need that. Let's let's find other ways to handle it. Okay. So how did this happen? Okay. Created as part of 1997's National Defense Authorization Act, the 1033 program, which is it's called, allows the Department of Defense to get rid of excess equipment by passing it off to local authorities who only have to pay for the cost of shipping. Okay, that's it. They just got to pay. They don't have to pay for the equipment they're getting. Just 
to have it brought to their community, their police departments, okay? Which is a precursor, a precursor the slightly more restrictive 1208 program, which began in 1990. According to the Law Enforcement Support Office, which oversees the process, over $7.4 billion of property has been transferred since the program's inception. More than 8,000 law enforcement agencies have enrolled. Much of that inventory is perfectly ordinary, office equipment, clothing, tools, radios, etc. Okay. Since 1997, the Pentagon 1033 program has distributed both new and used surplus equipment, including helicopters, armored vehicles, to handguns to the tune of about $8.6 billion. The material has gone to more than 8,000 federal tribal and local police forces. Okay, and this is according to Congress. Just this year alone, about 500 million pieces of surplus equipment was transferred to police departments under the program. Okay, now let me tell you how, how this works. When the military brings in new equipment for the soldiers to, 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 to utilize, they take the old equipment and they were taken out of circulation for active duty, okay? They take it out of circulation for active duty. Now, some of it is passed down to the National Guard. <laughs> now, this is way before Biden. But anyway, um, so some of it is, is passed down to the National Guard. Whatever the National Guard doesn't take, it is taken to a depot, refitted, you know, redone to, to the the basic national, you know, basic configuration, and then that's when it's given to to the law enforcement agencies. So that's how it's done. Now, how do I know that? Because I worked in one of these depots when I was in the military. Yeah. So now, I, I guess the question comes: Is it? Something is it necessary that law enforcement have this type of equipment? Some would say yes, because of, of the, the 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 advanced weapons that criminals are using these days. The real criminals are using these days. Hmm. But at the same time, do you have to use it for every situation? It's not necessary for every situation. So. When you roll into a neighborhood and you're in military guard, rolling military vehicles, you, you really wonder. So you really have to wonder: Are they really coming to, to help, or are they coming to attack? And I think that is what a lot of individuals are complaining about. That's what the the, the issue is uh, about defunding. Long, you know, like. We had a discussion a couple of weeks ago. Law enforcement are, uh, right now, they're not taught to de-escalate anything. When they come, they come. If they get a call, okay, they're coming. They, they're, they're being offensive. No, just think about it. Sometimes you get pulled over, and one officer pull you over, and then they say, no, you see two or three cars pull up behind them, or two or three cars are passed by. Why? You're just getting a ticket, right? So what you need two or three cars for? See, that is what is going on. Vice says, why not give the cops our old vehicles? Obama gave ISIS our tanks. 
At least it's in American hands. What you have to understand? Yes, we we ship we ship um, vehicles to Saudi Arabia, Yemen, uh, Israel. We ship a lot of our old vehicles overseas as well. We fix them up and we ship them to them. We do. Now you say Obama gave ISIS our tanks. Yeah, well. And in a lot of instances, once ISIS went in and took over a lot of the little towns and cities in um, Iraq, what happened was we had the, the, the military had left a lot of vehicles over there for the Iraqi military to use. However, then that the Iraqi military wasn't that keen on fighting anybody anyway, they just left the vehicles. And ISIS basically took the vehicles. So you can say Obama gave it to them, or you can say, hey, they just took them. They just took them. You'll be surprised at how much equipment the United States sells to foreign governments. Our own equipment that we deem obsolete, no longer in use. Exactly, Bite. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. We pulled out and just left those tanks behind. Yeah. Yeah. We got some new ones coming in, a new model coming in. Just leave them. Maybe just leave them. So, exactly. All right. (laughs) Now, of course, I just mentioned, you know, some of the things that was in the the executive order that Trump signed regarding especially the chokeholds, which would be banned, except for if an officer's life is at risk. You know, that's like, yeah, we're going to ban it, but wink, wink, if you need to use it, you can. Okay. The creation of a national database to track police misconduct. Hey, we just said Obama did the same thing, right? Emphasizes the need for increased involvement of mental health professionals in policing to help deal with nonviolent situations involving issues such as homelessness and addiction. Seeks to use federal grants to incentivize departments to reach specific standards of their use of force. So basically, what it, what is, uh, is this new executive order? Is the same thing, the same, basically the same programs just reworded that the Obama administration had in, in, in place when this administration took office. So while everybody's getting excited and this administration continues to talk, yeah, we signed this, we did this. No, you're just replacing what you originally, what was originally in place. You're just redoing it. You're just redoing it. Now, don't get me wrong, and I've said this quite often, and I'll say it again. I wasn't a big fan of the Obama administration either. I'm not going to. They did some crooked and, and shady stuff as well. However, there were some things put in place that this administration could have used, okay, that maybe we wouldn't be where we are now. But then again, we may have. You know, early in the show, I read about um, President Trump saying that uh, he wants to oppose the Democratic bill aimed at changing law enforcement tactics. Now, 
the Senate and the House both have, you know, putting their little law enforcement reform bills, you know, up to vote this week, and they all have their little specific things in it. But the biggest thing, the biggest fight is going that's going to come out of these. The biggest fight that's going to come out of this whole thing is the battle for qualified immunity for police, for law enforcement. That is the biggest fight that is going to happen. Okay? That's the biggest fight that is going to happen. Um, Qualified immunity is something... It shields government officials and police officers from being prosecuted for a broad array of constitutional violations. Qualified immunity was initially intended to shield law enforcement officers from frivolous lawsuits and financial liability, especially for complicated situations in which they are forced to make split-second decisions. Now, (laughs) Now, here it is. Here it is. Okay. The Democrats want to take qualified immunity away. They want to get rid of it. Okay? Limited. Yeah, let's take that away so some of these officers can be protected. The Republicans, the Senate are is saying, "No. Let's leave it in place. We need that there." So, that is where the fight is coming from. That is where the fight is going to be. Of course, one side don't want you to know know what they're fighting, and the other side really, you know, they're gonna keep pushing it, pushing it, because that's a big that is a big part of what police reform, um, this police reform thing is gonna be about. Okay, in practice, it means public officials, including police officers, are held to a much lower standard of behavior. They can only be held responsible for constitutional violations that fall under the realm of Clearly established case law. And see, that is the thing with uh, qualified immunity. There is really no clearly established case case law, you know, that against a police officer when that is put to, 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 to the courts. They're not. It's not. When it comes to defining these clear to hell standards, there is a stunning lack of precedent a fact that has led to a catch-22 because the legal precedent is thin. Very few cases challenging qualified immunity are taken up. Even the courts don't want to deal with it. And Green and Beasley, that's exactly what people are saying when they say defund, defund. Downsize the police and establish a more civil intervention agency. Now, I have my own take on, on this whole thing, and I'll be giving that in my last statements at the end of the show. But, yeah, that's basically what they mean when defund. They talk about defund. Um, woo, there are numerous other examples of questionable actions of police officers being protected by qualified immunity. This includes officers in Dallas, Texas, who shot a bicyclist 17 times, killing him. In a case of mistaken identity, an officer in Herbert City, Utah, who threw an unarmed man to the ground after pulling him over for a cracked windshield, leaving him with brain damage. 
and a Maryland officer who shot a man who was trying to stab himself while experiencing a mental health crisis. From 2017 to 2019, police won 56% of the cases in which they claim qualified immunity. A sharper increase from previous years when police police officers won 43% of the time. Officers are also granted immunity before all the facts have been presented and given the option for immediate appeal. Okay, immediate appeal. So, and we have even, what, within the last four, five, six years, we've seen it ourselves. We've seen it ourselves. You can say that's what happened in in the Rodney King. Y'all remember Rodney King with all them officers? Yeah. So, it's interesting that we've seen it, but we we really didn't understand how it happened or what happened. Now you know qualified immunity. Now, there's a a thing called the Justice and Policing Act, which would prevent law officers from raising a qualified immunity defense in civil rights cases. Okay, this is what the the House is trying to get passed. Okay. Um, Ending qualified, and there's another one called Ending Qualified Immunity Act, meanwhile, would likewise prevent state government officials from raising a qualified immunity defense in civil rights cases. And this is what, 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 uh, this is what the Republicans are fighting. They, they don't want that. They do not want that in there. They do not. Which, as I said before, is going to be the fight. Between the two houses. That's that's gonna be the fight right there. <laughs> yeah, bite, that's priceless. He had to shoot a man that was stabbing himself. Yeah. He had to save the poor man by shooting him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I was reading uh, I can't find it now. Maybe it's on, on, on in my notes, but I was reading another another um, um, article. The police pulled over a guy, right? Pulled over a guy for having um, what what um, you know the the the, the tree the 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 tree the the, the smelly your car on your windshield, yeah. It was a, a guy pulled over for that, and I'm trying to see if I can find it right now. And it, it didn't end good. It really didn't. Yeah, here it is. Police pulled over two black men for having an air freshener in their car. A court ruled the stop was legitimate. This happened in September 2018 on the south side of Chicago. (laughs) Now, the interesting part about this whole thing, they were driving a car on the south side of Chicago, and a police officer pulled the guy over and later searched the car, revealed a loaded rifle and two handguns. But the officer didn't know there were guns in the car when he stopped Jackson. She did not 
she did know that the car wasn't stolen. She ran a license plate check after Jackson passed her on the street. You know, but why did he pull him over? Because she seen a tree-shaped air freshener dangling from the rearview mirror. Yeah. And, of course, one of the guys had a felony. Well, they each had a felony, so they ended up going to jail because they weren't supposed to possess the guns. Now, they went to court. Okay, here it is. They went to court. They argued their cases should be tossed out because of the air freshener-based stock was unlawful. Okay. A federal appeals court ruled the presence of the air freshener alone was enough to justify the stop. Chicago's municipal code prohibits. Now, see, I know a lot of y'all out there probably from Chicago, and y'all probably don't know about this one. Chicago's municipal code prohibits objects that obstruct the windshield, and the officer had reasonable suspicion to think Jackson's air freshener violated that law. That's what an appeals court found. <laughs> you know, that that's, that's what they found. So that's why there needs to be some type of uh, uh, reform done. Because that is just ridiculous right there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but they, they, they were felling, so they weren't supposed to have the guns anyway. But to get over, get pulled over, you, you didn't have, the car wasn't stolen, the car was registered. Only thing you got pulled over for a law that says you can't have anything hanging from your rearview mirror that obstructs the vision of your windshield, which was petty. Because most people put something on their, their rearview mirror to hang down. I know I got something in mind. So I know if I go to ever go to Chicago, I'm taking it out. <laughs> well, maybe I just won't go to Chicago. Let's see, that's the kind of stuff, man. The officer testified the air freshener was hanging by his face and shaking. Now that that is kind of hard to believe there. That that <laughs> that is hard to believe there. In another case. Um, let's see. In a case decided in 2011, an Illinois state trooper stopped minivan minivan after observing a pink Christmas tree shaped air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror. The trooper said he didn't pull over every car with the air freshener, but flagged this minivan because it was traveling at a slow speed and the driver appeared stiff and nervous. <laughs> now, honestly, I don't know what black person. Does it a little stiff and nervous when they see a, a police car anywhere in their vicinity? Because if you pass one, you're automatic you're automatically looking up in your rearview mirror. Just <laughs> if they're behind you, they turn around or anything. See, that's the kind of nonsense right there, people. That's the kind of nonsense. Now, in the first case I read to you, yeah, they were black. They were African American, black, you know, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Now, in the second instance I read you, they didn't, they didn't say, you know, what their uh, uh, ethnicity was, so we don't know. But because they seem still <laughs> and nervous, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can relate to that because 
I know one time when I was driving through Mississippi on my way home, the way to Florida, I got pulled over. And this was in the 90s. I got pulled over. Okay. So, you know, why? what you pulled me over for? And he's like, because you look suspicious. Why? Because I was driving, relaxing in my car with a Kangol turn backwards. I just looked suspicious. I'm going to tell you that they were so, <laughs> Woo! look, they wanted to get me so bad. I was on leave from the military, okay? I was on leave from the military. They wanted to get me so bad, they called all the way back to my unit to make sure I was in the Army and I was actually on leave. And that's after they done went through my car, suitcases and all. Of course, you know, why he doing it? What, another one pulled up in the Ford Bronco, big old buck on his thing, with a cowboy hat on? I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm about to go to jail in Mississippi. That ain't a good place to go to jail at. So, you know, when when you hear people say, um, we've been through this, or you've seen it, like Beasley just said, you know, he had also pull a gun on him and aimed at his head for a taillight being out. So it happens. That's why there is a call for change now. Because this is not something that has just started happening. It has been going on and on and on. Byte earlier said there is no racism. But that's a hard argument to 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 to, to uh that's a hard argument right there. To say that there is no racism when there's Constantly examples. Example after example after example. So, yes, there is need for police reform. There is. <laughs> Vice says, where's the worst place to go to jail? Anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Anywhere. But to answer your question, Mike, there are some places in Texas, Georgia, anywhere in the South where you do not want to go to jail at. Okay? Now, I can't give you no specific place names, but yeah, there are some places that you just do not want to go to jail at. You know, you, you remember some of those old movies where you go to jail and all of a sudden the sheriff leave and and all of a sudden, you see hear a crowd coming. Yes, there's still places like that in this country. That's why they need reform. Now, there's also a big push. Push. You know, you see a lot of officers. You see a lot of officers resigning or, or walking out or whatever. So a lot of people say, "Well, you know what? No, they're, they're protesting." No, those are the ones that really aren't. Suitable to be officers. They're not. They're not. Because if you're going to walk out because people are uh, saying there needs to be change and there's change being instituted or done, then yeah, you need to walk out because apparently you are part of the problem. You know, you are part of the problem.
That's all I'm saying. So, yes, reform needs to be done. But, you know, right now, administration is in both sides of the fence right now. Yeah, they're playing both sides. When it's when it's uh, good for the for the money, I think yes, we should defund, not get rid of the laws, please. The events. If I said when I was arrested for DUI, they locked me in the dog and they did that. A dog Were you happy with that, or did you have a problem with that bike? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but that's that's not good at all. That's not good at all. But anyway, that's that's what's going on with this this police reform thing. As you can see, the the executive order that was signed last week by President Trump. Is basically restating or reforming what President Obama had done already with some slight changes. Because at that time, the chokehold wasn't as a a focal point as it is now. You know, it's specifically saying chokehold and a couple other things. Well, what the Obama administration proposed didn't. It just said use of force. But that's all it is. It's the same thing. But it, it what it did was appease the base and some of the people that wanted this administration to say something. Yeah. So that's where we are with police reform right now. Yes, it is needed. It is. Yes, I think people still could. This generation should continue to protest and require change. I do. As you see across the country, there are statues being taken down. Now, a lot of people are upset about that. <laughs> You're right, Beasley. Black folk did give Obama a pass. You're right. You're right. I agree with you 100%. Of course, there's others out there that will argue with that, say, no, they didn't. But yes, they did. Back to the statues being taken down. It's interesting that there's a big hoo-ha. Well, why are you taking down? How are you taking down this? Why are you taking down that? Because the only thing people know about these statues and, and the people and the, the statue, the people that the statues are, are depicting is what you've read or been told. But how many of you have gone back and actually dug deep into that person that's, that statue is made of? Well, a lot of them were slave owners. A lot of them were very, very uh, hard parts of uh, African Americans or, or minorities. In fact, I was watching a uh, video Last night, in fact, and, you know, it, it, it really broke it down 
when a lot of these statues were erected in some of these cities. And it wasn't, you know, as a lot of people say, it's our heritage or whatever. A lot of these statues were put up during civil unrest, such as that that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know? No, at the same time, a lot of the the, 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 the school books or history in the school books were changed. So yes, there has been a lot of things going on that that a lot of people have turned a blind eye to, or basically just didn't know. Just didn't know. Just didn't know. But yeah. Beasley says um, 8,000 white folks were slave owners who tagged you with their last name. A reminder, that is true. Bike says, good or bad, it's our history and it stays. We don't have to display the statues. Huh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But we've been here before as well. We have. We've been here before. No, I, I really can't wait until the other side says, well, if you're going to tear down ours, let's go and tear down, you know, um, let's see. Why every time I get on the show, the computer won't update something. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, tear, tear down some of, some of the Martin Luther King Jr. statues or other statues. You know, because people are tit for tat. They are tit for tat. Now, that's not a good thing either, but hey. 800,000. I'm sorry, Green Beasley. I don't know what I was reading then. Yeah. So it's a good thing, but it can be a bad thing as well. If, if nothing comes from it, okay. So we're, we're taking down the statues now. You know, we're working on reform. We're working on reform. We haven't gotten reform yet, but we're working on it. That's a good thing. It is. It is. It's a good thing. But it, it, we're gonna have to continue. We're gonna have to continue. Okay. Now, yeah, we're gonna have to continue on it because you just for it to to work, it's gonna have to be continuous. It can't just be a moment here, a moment here, a moment there. It has to be continuous. You know, minus the looting and the rioting. Yeah, rioting is not bad as long as you don't destroy anything. I guess you can ride without tearing up anything, right? <laughs> I don't know. It seems to work during football and basketball season when somebody's winning winning a championship. Just not when there's there's um call for change. Bright says, how about General Woman's statue? Who decides which statues I am allowed? That is a good question. That is a good question. That is a good question. Who decides it? 
you know, and another thing we have to understand why so much is happening right now, so much is changing, so much is being done. You have to remember this is an election year. So if there was any time, any time to do it, it's now. It's now. Because politicians, they are going to do everything they can to get your vote. That's a fact. That's a fact. You have city councils voting to take down statues that never voted to take down a statue before. You know, have some of them calling to disband their complete police departments. It's an election year. So, yeah, now is a good time to do it. But what is going to happen afterwards? After all the elections are over, you have whatever administration is in office, what city council, are there still going to be as much cooperation, much, uh, 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 what word am I looking for, y'all? Are they going to be as eager to make change then? Or will we go back to the status quo that was before? Hmm. Yeah. Beasley says the demographics are changing, which they have been changing over over yeah. You're right, Beasley. White folks no longer condone in. <laughs> okay, Beasley. All right. And on that note, y'all. And on that note, we're gonna switch the switch the uh, topics here for a minute. Uh <laughs> that day go Beasley. <coughs> Excuse me, that Beasley that I tell you. What we're going to talk about next is something that's very interesting and which <laughs> I cannot wait to read. I really can't. And we're talking about John Bolton's book. Yeah. I can't wait to read this book, y'all. Yeah, I ordered it. I really did. And it is <laughs> if it's anything like what has been coming out, Oh, it's going to be a doozy. It really is. Now, you know, the Trump administration has been fighting to get the, to have this book not published or released. Well, as of Friday, a uh, court ruled that the administration cannot stop it. And the reason why is because so much of it has already been leaked and so many people already have an advanced copy that there's no way they could stop it from being uh Put out on the internet, basically, or anywhere else anybody wanted to put it. So, boom, it's there. So the book is coming out. In fact, I think tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, and it is like I said, it is a doozy. Um, but that's not the only book that's coming out either. <laughs> that's crazy, but that's not only the only book that's coming out. Um. Here it is. John Bolton's book will be published and released to the public tomorrow after federal judge denied the administration's attempt to block the publication, emphasizing the book had already been distributed throughout the country and could undoubtedly be circulated on the Internet. The Room Where It Happens is the title of the book, and Bolton has made some noteworthy, if not startling, 
allegations in the book regarding the behavior and actions of the president. Yeah. And I mean, when I say some interesting stuff, man, and if you really think about, (laughs) if you really think about some of the things that he has already said and some of the actions that we have seen ourselves, it's not too far-fetched. It it really isn't. It is not too far-fetched. So, oh, Pianchi, you're going to have to hold on today, buddy. I can't let you get in today. Not yet anyway. Um, Mike says, I do not accept coincidence. Four days after Trump's impeachment failed, the corona was released. Clearly, corona was their plan B to get Trump out of there. Yeah. The only problem with that theory, Bite, is if that's the case, then why the whole world? I mean, let's be let's look at it logically. Why the whole world? Just released it in the United States. That's my theory on it anyway. I've heard that before, but I, I can't go with that that conspiracy theory there. I really can't. But anyway, so here are some of the things about um that's supposed to be in this book. Um, John Bolton wrote that is very interesting. Very interesting. Um, here's the one of the first things Trump asked China to use his economic power to help him win a second election. In one instance, Trump and President Xi Jinping, I Jinping, whatever you're going to call it, X I J I N P I N G, were directing hostility to China in the U.S. Trump then stunningly turned the conversation to the U.S coming U.S. presidential election, alluding to China's economic capability and pleading with Xi to ensure he wins, Bolton writes. He stressed the importance of farmers and increased Chinese purchases of soybeans and wheat in the electoral outcome. I would print Trump's exact words, but the government's pre-publication review process has decided otherwise. Now, let's talk about that for a hot minute. You know, that is not the first time we heard about this president asking a foreign government to help him win an election. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have it. Now, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, Bolton is, you know, of course, Trump has said Bolton, you know, he said what you know, a loser and what have you, like he said about everybody who, after they leave office and work for him, comes out and tells some story. You know, and of course they're losers. And when he was asked why he keeps hiring these people that he considers losers and dummies or whatever, he wouldn't even answer the question. <laughs> so that says a lot about who's doing the hiring, right? <laughs> oh, but anyway, you know. But the interesting part about this whole thing, besides uh, uh, trying to get them to help him win their presidential election, he stressed the importance of farmers and increased Chinese purchases of soybeans and wheat in the electoral outcome. And here's why. Remember, Trump has uh, a tariff on on exports, you know, and what it has done is it has hurt the farmers here in the United States. And it has hurt so many of them that the U.S. government has been giving them um, um, what they call them things? Money. Money you know, to help offset the damage this his um, tariffs have done to the farmers. A lot of farmers are in debt or losing their farms because of his trade fight with China. 
So once again, here we go with, uh, 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 if you help me, I can help you. That's that's just you know not right. That's not right. It's wrong, actually. It really is. But this is you know this is another example of this is not the first time we've heard this. Second thing, Trump suggested he was open to serving more than two terms. We've heard that too. If you know he is like his buddy Putin. So and he has floated around. There's conspiracy theorists have floated that around that he could serve a third term if this happened and if that happened. Well, he can't. He cannot, regardless, unless he changes the constitution. Scary part about it is some of them knuckleheads in, in the Senate man would probably have gone along with it. You know? Greenbee said the farmers must like the large corporations are getting welfare. Call it what it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what it is right now. But that's because of decisions by this administration. Trump also seems to support Z's idea of eliminating presidential lim- term limits. China's uh, president said he wanted to work with Trump for six more years, and Trump replied that people were saying that the two-term constitutional limit on presidents should be repealed for him. Now, I don't know who, besides Trump himself, I don't know who wants him for another six years. Well, maybe Pianki, but you know we can disregard that too. Z said the U.S. had too many elections because he didn't want to switch away from Trump, who nodded approvingly. You know, that statement alone says a lot. It it says a lot. You know, when you have someone that you know to manipulate, that you can outthink, yeah, you want to deal with them for a long time, don't you? Because it's easy. It's easy. I can get what I want. I can. I can get what I want. There was another thing where uh, Bolton said that Trump wanted to send um, Kim Jong-un a city of the Rocket Man. Y'all remember when he was calling the guy Rocket Man? Yeah. The song by Elton John. He wanted to send him a, a Elton John CD. And kept <laughs> I mean, that sounds very Oh man, but it, it, it's just those things like that. It's crazy. It is crazy. Jesus <clears throat> said, "I would take Trump for another five years rather than put up with lying Biden, who says one thing and does exactly the opposite." But Beasley, isn't that what you have now? That's what you have in office now. So I guess you're right. <laughs> if, if we use your definition. You know, and I've, I've said this. I, I, I have said this. You know, this is this election is basically the same as it was in 2016. And it's simple. You have two candidates that nobody really wants to be bothered with, but somebody has to win. Someone has to win. Now, both of them have been accused of sexual assault. No, of course, one has paid a whole bunch of them off. The other one, you know, 
We still don't know what the status of, of that is. She's come back and changed her mind as well. Now, whether she was paid off or not, uh, we don't know. You have two candidates nobody really wants. So the question is, which one is worse? Which one is worse? Now, Biden, at this point, yeah, he's had his time in Congress. I mean, and, you know, basically, he's done some things throughout his career that has has been questionable. Right? Then you have this president here. that has alienated world leaders, been used by world leaders, that lies to the American people on a daily, he's still claiming that he has built a new wall on the border. He hasn't built any new wall. Now, he's replaced some existing um, fence and stuff that needed to be replaced. He's, I mean, he's done that, which from um, what I've read is like 60 miles. But the big one is Mexico ain't paid for a tap of it yet. <laughs> that's the interesting part. You know, that's what they Mexico won't pay. Mexico hasn't paid anything. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to some of these other things that um, has come out to Trump book. I mean, in Bolton's book, Trump offered favors to dictators. Bolton's book reportedly details cases where Trump tried to kill criminal investigations as favors to dictators. One incident published in the Washington Post includes a 2018 discussion with the Turkish president, Recep Erdogan. Bolton says Erdogan gave Trump a memo claiming that a Turkish firm under investigation in the U.S. was innocent. Trump then told Edgerton he would take care of things, explaining that the Southern District prosecutors were not his people, but were Obama people, a problem that would be fixed when they were replaced by his people. Now, <laughs> woo! Now, y'all remember that. I need to write that down. The Southern District prosecutors, okay? Because that has come full circle all of a sudden. Alright? Just remember that. <laughs> Woo! This is very interesting. Alright, number four. Trump praised Yi for China's internment camps. According to Bolton, Trump was also approving when Xi defended China's internment of Uyghur Muslims in detention camps. According to our interpreter, Bolton writes, Trump said that ye should go ahead with building the camps, which Trump thought was exactly the right thing to do. According to leaked Communist Party documents published in November, at least one million Muslims were detained in the camps. Now, do you believe that, or do you not believe that? Well, oh my goodness, remember when he first came in office, how he wanted to ban every Muslim from coming in this country? Because he said they were terrorists, they were thieves, so forth and so on. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, Bolton, you know, he's writing the book because he a disgruntled employee that was fired. Of course, Bolton said he was getting ready to resign and so forth and so on. But if you 
some of this stuff right here in context and you think back to what has gone on since 2016, it's not so far-fetched. It's not. It's not. Um, here's one I know I, I um, here's one I know I talked about. Trump defended Saudi Arabia to distract from a story about Ivanka. Trump made headlines in November 2018 when he released a bizarre statement dating the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman over the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. It included lines such as, the world is a very dangerous, and maybe he did, and maybe he didn't. According to both his book, making headlines was the point. Listen now. A story about his daughter, Ivanka, using her personal email for government business was also in the news at the time, after waging war on Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign for doing the same thing. Trump needed a distraction. This will divert from Ivanka, Trump reportedly said. If I read the statement in person, that will take over the Ivanka thing. And it did. It did. I remember both of those incidents, and it did. Because I was actually went on my show right here and said, what the heck will you come up with? There is evidence that the Saudis killed this guy. And to even take more of the, the spotlight off of Ivanka, the United States sent Saudi Arabia a whole bunch of money. To... Yeah. Mike says, I condemn each and every Muslim for their religious beliefs. They do not have the right to murder, rape, and take slaves. Islam is a code of desert raiders and slave traders. Now, see, Mike, you're wrong for that. And I'm going to tell you why, because that's a generalization. And that's not true. In that in that, in that case, say all Christians are, 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 are hypocrites, and 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 you know the hypocrites. That's a generalization, right? Because under the name of Christianity, there has been some very very horrid horrible things done to other civilizations. So you can't say all Muslims are like that because that's not true. Part of the problem we have in this country, we want to vilify a whole religion when it's not a whole religion. It's certain individuals within a religion. That doesn't make the whole religion bad. Yeah. Now, what it comes down to is interpretation and the mindset of the individual. Crack open a Quran. It would be very specific. Uh-huh. About as specific as the Old Testament in the Bible. So, I mean, when you put that up, you can't really go over that. Okay? So we'll make on that one. We ain't, we ain't going with that. Okay, anyway, back to what I was talking about. <laughs> um, now, this this one, no, I am not highly ignorant. I'm not. I disagree with you on that one. 
I may only have an eighth grade education, but I'm not ignorant at all. Okay. Anyway, back to what I was saying. I've marked him behind his back. From what has been reported, it sounds like Bolton's book provides one of the clearest insights into the despair of Trump's top officials behind the scenes. One example given by New York Times, Bolton claims he received a note from the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, at the Trump's 2018 meeting with North Korea's Kim Jong-un, simply saying he is full of SHIT. On top of this, Pompeo also allegedly said a month later that Trump's diplomatic efforts with North Korea had zero probability of success. And thus we have seen just that. No success whatsoever with North Korea. It sounded good, you know, whatever, but North Korea is still doing their nuclear thing. They're still firing off rockets. They're about to drop some leaflets over South, South um, Korea. And Nothing. No respect. No respect. Hmm. No respect whatsoever. Um, Trump thought Finland was part of Russia. (laughs) This is just crazy. Bolton's book reportedly details some giant holes in Trump's knowledge. In one instance, Bolton says Trump didn't seem to know basic knowledge about the U.K., asking its former Prime Minister, Theresa May, oh, are you a nuclear power? On top of this, he also alleges that Trump once asked if Finland was was part of Russia and repeatedly mixed up the current and former presidents of Afghanistan. Hmm. Hmm. And eight, Trump thought it would be cool to invade Venezuela. According to the Washington Post, Bolton claims Trump had said invading Venezuela would be cool and that the country was really part of the United States. And we already see what, what's happening in Venezuela. Those those former ex-Green Rays went over there to uh, kidnap the president that the United States does not like uh, and got caught. So, some can say, well, you know, there's none of this is true, but Evidence evidence is, look at the, the, the history of this administration over the last three and a half years, and it kind of backs up what, what has been saying, what, what is, so far has been put out about this book. <clears throat> but there's more to come on the book, because as I said before, I have ordered the book, and I'm waiting for it myself, and uh, yeah, we'll talk more about it. We'll we talk more about it. But those are just some of the things that have come out in the book. I'm sure there's others. Now, can John Bolton be taken seriously? Uh, yeah. We know John Bolton was, is, is a war, war dog, and, you know, he really, really wants to destroy every communist country there is. And I guess the question is, why now? Now, you know, why didn't you do it when you was in? Well, we know why it wasn't done when he, when he was in, in, in the administration. We do. You have those that were loyal. They had those that were not loyal. 
and you had those that just were there, you know, to get a job, keep their job as long as they could. But the interesting thing about this is everyone that has left, been, whether it's been fired, the majority, well, I shouldn't say everyone, the, the, a lot of them that have left, whether they were fired, resigned, or just, you know, whatever you want to say, has come out with basically the same stories. Of what the administration is like. So, I mean, if you want to say, well, it's just one book, fine. But if more than one person keep coming out and the stories are similar, then there, there's, there has to be some truth to it somewhere. Somewhere. Right? Or you can go and you can look at uh, uh, the, the rallies, some of the things he says during his rallies, or even his own press briefings at the White House. That's why he needs to get out there, y'all. See, this is the thing. With all this coming out, he has to get out. He has to get out and talk to his base because his base will listen to what he has. Nobody's really listening to this guy now. Okay? Nobody is listening to this guy. Except for basically his base. And maybe it's up me because, you know, I try and find something good, but you know, lately there has been no good. No, he his administration has come out and said within the next six months he's going to eliminate DACA altogether. Now this after the Supreme Court just ruled against him, and now he's upset at uh, Justice Roberts and says he need to put some new Supreme Court justices on the bench because he didn't like the results that <laughs> he got. Well, welcome to life, dude. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But that is it. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Be a grown man and take it. Now, you know, while everybody's concentrating on this book by John Bolton, his niece is coming out with a book maybe as well. And the name of her book is Too Much and Never Enough. How My Family Cheated the World Created, I'm sorry, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. <laughs> now this book is supposed And I, I say supposed uh, To come out July the 28th Okay However whoo, President Trump has said His niece has signed a very powerful Non-disclosure agreement That would legally block her from publishing A tell-all family memoir The lady name is Mary Trump And he says she is not allowed To write her book which is expected to reveal she is the source of confidential documents disclosed in a blockbuster New York Times investigation into the family's legally dubious tax schemes in the 1990s. It says that Mary Trump signed this did, uh, this disclosure agreement following a 2001 settlement, following litigation disputing um, the estate of Fred Trump, you know, who, which was Donald's father The report also said that the president Is considering legal action Trump claimed that NDA covers everything And hinted that some members of his family Including his brother Robert Are upset with Mary's plans To publish a book Now The interesting thing About this is Mary says she's telling it all She's telling it all How 
there was a fight over the father's inheritance, and the president got upset that he cut <laughs> he cut um, his nephew out who had cerebral palsy. Yeah, cut off medical 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 coverage for Fred's third son William, who needs around the clock care due his due to his cerebral palsy. Yeah, this is this is. Huh. Lord have mercy. Um, when he was elected 2016, Mary Trump says, this is one of the worst nights of my life. What is wrong with this country? I fear the American experiment has failed. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah, boy. Mary and her brother Fred III had sued the Trump family in 2000 during a dispute over the estate of their grandfather, Fred Sr., which is Donald's dad. Mary argued that she and her brother deserved her father, Fred Sr.'s share of the estate instead of getting paltry amount compared to what that given to their aunt and uncles. Things heated up to the point that Donald and siblings Marianne, a retired judge, and Robert, a businessman, cut off medical medical support to Fred's third son. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's another book. And there are reports that um, <laughs> there's there's other reports coming out that HR McMaster is due to release a book sometime in November. You know, that's another one that's a part of uh, the Trump administration. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a lot of these guys writing these books, man. I mean, was it that bad that everybody just has to tell it? <laughs> it's time to make some money, right? <laughs> It's time to make some money. So we're going to write a book. And I wonder how much is going to be similar to what Bolton has written and what some of the others have said. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, remember I mentioned the Southern District? I know y'all probably forgot when I was talking about... uh, some of the things that Trump was doing coming out of Bolton's book. Well, apparently, the Attorney General for the Southern District of New York has been fired over the weekend. Now, originally, originally, uh, William Barr told, came out and said the guy had decided to um, resign. Okay, Jeffrey Berman is his name, and he came out. They said, nope, I'm not resigning. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So, of course, they went back and forth. And then apparently the president stepped in and there was a deal made. So now he's uh, basically going to step down and his second in command going to take charge. Now, what makes this so interesting and suspicious at the same time, number one, we just mentioned it in, in both books about the Southern District, you know, handling some investigations into Turkey. Okay. The other part about this, what makes it suspicious, this is the same prosecutor that handled the cases of Cohen, Flynn, and all of them, and also that's investigating Trump financial, family financials, and your tax financials in the state of New York. So all of a sudden, this guy has got to go. 
Just after Winfrey had said and said this guy was doing such a great job, he hadn't really done done anything wrong. Okay, so now here it is: the Department of Justice once again stepping in and doing the dirty work, getting rid of someone that is not quote unquote loyal to this administration. And I don't care how you place it; that's what it seems. That's what it looks like because that's what it is. But to cover their tracks, they stand up and say, well, um, even though we're letting him go or he's resigning, however they want to, you know, put it out there, all the, the cases that are uh, open now will be um, followed, we continue and follow as per the law says. Who are y'all trying to fool? In that case, you would have left that guy there. He hadn't done anything wrong. <laughs> He hadn't done anything wrong, but all of a sudden you got to get rid of him. Yeah. And that's the Southern District of New York. Yeah. And come to find out, Berman, he also refused to sign a DOJ letter criticizing New York uh, about the COVID-19 restrictions that affected religious institutions. Of course, they said, you know, that had really had nothing to do with it. Because, that was, yeah, we heard that before as well, right? We heard that before. Oh, yeah, I know what's something else. <laughs> yeah. And just a quick, I forgot. I forgot what it was. God dang it. But, you know, in Bolton's book, well, here it is, in Bolton's book, Bolton said the Democrat Party, they really had more ammunition to use in impeachment if they would have taken their time. He said because there's more instances of wrongdoing that the president did, but the Democrats were so anxious to to get something, an impeachment done, that they rushed through it. That's why he wouldn't, and the interest part of he said that is one reason why he wouldn't testify in front of the House, but said he would testify in front of the Senate. But, of course, we know what happened. Lindsey Graham said, no, we're not calling in any more witnesses. And, of course, you know, the, the administration themselves was blocking everyone that was, was being called to testify in front of the House anyway. So as, as, as this administration goes on, as more people begin to put out information, the pieces are, are uh, kind of sort of beginning to come together a little bit as you see a bigger picture of what's really going on. Mike says Democrats failed to impeach Trump. They should now be punished if they try a second time, obey the law. Well, Mike, he was impeached, okay? He was impeached. He just didn't get removed from office or, you know, anything like that by the Senate or censored by the Senate. But he was impeached. And another interesting thing about this whole thing is a lot of what was his support, I'm beginning, as East Coast said about a month ago, run, <laughs> you know, cut ties with him. They're beginning to run now. They're getting, they're getting, rid, getting, getting away from this. They are. They're getting away from it. 
They're like, no, this is sinking ship right here. This is sinking ship. But was it June, July, August, September, October, November? Five months from now, it's gonna tell what's really going on. You know, will there be another four years of Donald Trump? Oh, will we have four years of Joe Biden and whoever he chooses? It's gonna be interesting either way. <laughs> it really is. You know, but that's that's where we are right now, y'all. That's where we are. As I said, it was a busy week. It really was. You know, and I couldn't cover it all because there's a whole lot more going on, a whole lot more. But I'll catch up, that's for sure. All right, so I got about 10 minutes left, so I'm going to close it down here, get ready to get up out of here. Um, you know, you know, during my week off, I listen to other shows and, you know, look at a lot of videos. And although change is happening, it, it's scary as some thought that other people are having right now. You know, number one, you know, yes, we know there's a problem with police officers, law enforcement. But does that mean you go out there and disrespect them? Does that mean you go out there and call them names and, and just suspect them to take take it? No. No, you can't do that. Now, I heard some people call them pigs and, you know, all other names I'm not even going to say. But, no, that's not what you do. That's not what you because all of them aren't bad. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to be one of those people. All of them aren't bad. Yes, there are some bad apples, without a doubt. And hopefully they're beginning to be um, separated from the good ones. You know, but what it, what is going on is there's a lot. Of things happening now, a lot of stuff being demanded and accomplished every day. Every day, people, the, the police officers that I mentioned before, leaving, you know, demonstrating or just leaving the park, the um, precincts or whatever, just quitting the force altogether is great. I have no problem with that because apparently they're part of the problem, as I said before. Reform. We're working. We're working on on working on instruction, teaching, teaching, teaching. But it cannot stop right here. That's the thing. It can't stop right here. We have to continue to push, to require, request, demand. But at the same time, here is something that I think is overlooked. Those same individuals out there that so in a hurry to pick up your camera and record the officers doing something wrong. Need to turn them on the inside of your own community and start cleaning up your community. Start recording the wrong that's doing on there. You know, you want to blame everything on law enforcement, what have you, but what's going on inside your neighborhood that you see every day that you know about? Some of them live in your own houses and you won't do anything about that. But you want to blame Everybody else. No, there used to be a time in the black community where if somebody saw you wrong, I don't care where you live or who you were with, you were corrected right then and there. I don't care how bad you thought you were. That was community policing. That was taking care of your own. We had Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones is part of the, the police department, and he lived right next door. 
to where we lived at when I was a child. And Mr. Jones used to come over every day. He came over to his mama's house every day. And we would sit out and talk to Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones get out there and play football with us or whatever. But we all understood he was the police. And he knew each and every one of us. So if something happened, we knew who to go and talk to. And that's what we have to do. We have to begin to take care of our own. You know, it's easy to, to say, yeah, yeah, the police doing this. and that. No, But we have to work on our We know we have uh, mental uh, problems within our community, our families. We know some of our, our individuals don't take their medication like they're supposed to, and they be out there in the street doing crazy stuff. But stop depending on other people, and you handle that yourself. Take care of it yourself. You know, this thing is going to have to work both ways. It just can't be one way. If you know somebody did something wrong, tell it. You know, we got this thing snitching, you know, or whatever. If you want it to get better, you got to help it get better. You know, it's just that simple. It really is. Um Fight says, it seems to me coronaphobia is going to spoil this election. What do you think? I think no. But, by the way, if Trump loses, he's going to use that as an excuse. I do. He's going to use that as an excuse. But the bottom line is what I'm trying to say is, look, y'all, if we want to fix some things, we have to work on fixing our own stuff. Now, I'm not going to go on and get on the the black-on-black crime crap or, you know, no, because there's white-on-white crime, Asian-on-Asian crime, all across the board, so forth and so on. So we have to take care, each of us have to take care of our own communities first. Educate our people. Help them understand. You know, look out for each other. Don't turn that blind eye. Only keep your camera when you will see a police officer. But what about the crime that's going on in your neighborhoods that you know about? You ain't turning your cameras on in. Then when something happens, you say, what's wrong? I'm just saying. We are in a point right now where things are happening. Things are changing. Okay. The secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting, but on building the new. And the new is we have to take back our communities first. That is the new. And I'm not talking about from law enforcement. I'm talking about all them criminal elements that stand out on your corners every day that you look at, that you speak to while you're going to your house. That's the new. Take care of our, our community. I've been saying this for years, and I'm going to continue to say it. All right. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for me, y'all. I, I appreciate you hanging out with me. I'm glad you can hang out with me. Thank y'all that was in the chat room. Pianki, we get you next time, man. Everybody on the switchboard, I love y'all. Appreciate you. And um, hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, we're going to hopefully be back with you next week and, uh, and bring you some more interesting things. 
Okay? But until then, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest and best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself. Everything else is just groovy. All right, I'm going to play my song. Well, I'm going to play a song for somebody after seven running out. And you know who you are. Enjoy the, your week, man. I'll see y'all back in next weekend. At next Monday, I'm sorry, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. This has been Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Stalks. Hey, senior, have a great one. We out.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.